Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Brewer. This is just random stuff episode. Okay, before we get into this, obviously let's do the housekeeping. Um, guys, go to YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. YouTube, uh, IG, under Michigan Maniac Podcast. Um, like and subscribe, like, follow, all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, this is the down period, so it's going to take some, you know, there's not going to be a lot of traffic, not a lot of stuff, or not a lot of uh, content I'm providing. Um, but football season, it's going to get crazy, because I think this is going to be a good season. I know I'm crazy. I am one of the few. Um, but seriously, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate and review, and hit me up on the DM, and I'll send you a couple stickers. I'll even do some extra stuff. Just let me know. Hit me up, and let's do this. So, let's get into this. It's been a long time since I've done this podcast, so a lot of stuff has happened. One, Michigan failed at the spring game. They can give any excuse they want to, but they failed. Oh, COVID this. And oh, we missed the deadline here. Oh, and we couldn't do that. Let's just face it. I would have much more respect for Jim Harbaugh if he just said, hey, listen, I don't want you guys to see what we're doing. I don't I don't know what we have, and I just don't want everybody to overreact. I mean, that's at least an honest opinion because we have a very volatile uh, fan base right now, and it's his fault. It's his fault for how volatile this fan base is. But it's still, I would appreciate it and at least, you know, be like, give him credit. Be like, okay, you don't, you you obviously hate the fan base, Jim Harbaugh. You hate the fan base. It's plain and simple. Uh, this is what you do. And you're annoying because you can't say, oh, well, we don't want to give a scheme and all this. We want to hide that. Who gives a shit about Michigan scheme? The, right now, after a two and four season, no one gives a shit about Michigan scheme. No one's like, ooh, what are they doing? Are they going to do the wildcat again? Woo! Wildcat. Woo! No one gives two shits about what we're doing defensively, offensively, anything. No one. No one that means anything, I'll tell you that. Are we hiding it from Maryland or Rutgers? Oh, if, if that's where we have fallen as a college football team, he should have been fired immediately. And we all know he's never going to be fired. Never. Anyways, uh, just very annoying. This whole, we can't show you the spring game. You know Ohio State allowed, what, Around nine, fifteen thousand, thirty thousand. Who cares the real number? They allowed people to actually watch the spring game. And guess what? You know what they don't do in their spring game? Tackle. They don't even freaking tackle. And they still allowed a hundred thousand people. Whatever the fuck. Whatever the whatever the number really is. They allowed X amount of people into that stadium to watch them not even tackle. Not even tackle. Let that sink in. That's what's so annoying about the spring game in Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh, just in general. I can't, I want, I really want to love Jim Harbaugh. I want to love him, but he's the most annoying white man I've ever seen in my life. 
ever. So let's address another thing that annoys the hell out of me. This whole, uh, oh, we're losing too many transfers. Everybody's leaving. Who cares? Who cares? These are things, as a Michigan fan, these are the two things you need to worry about, right? Right now, these are the two things. Outside of that, I don't want to hear your opinion on it. One, uh... What have they done for Michigan? Are they all in on Michigan? Number one, are they all in on Michigan? If they're not, get the F out. We aren't just killers anymore. We're not. We need everybody on the team to be all in on Michigan. If you're not, I don't care if you're a five-star. Get the F out. Thank you, but no thanks. Leave. Then two, name just one, just one transfer that has done something, right? Just name them. If we had a Joe Burrow, then I'd be on your side, be like, oh, we need to worry about these transfers leaving. We don't have a Joe Burrow. We don't even have a Joe Camel on our on our transfers, on the transfer leaving side or whatever you want to call it, the transfer portal, guys. None. Zero. You could say Brandon Peters is the most successful transfer that has left Michigan football. Name one other one. I double dog dare you to find one that has been successful outside of Michigan. Okay, Brandon St. Juice played one year at Minnesota. Lack, oh, I guess two years. And he's in the NFL. But most of that was Michigan because... That was all due to Michigan. But he's not a great success. Let's not start toting that dude as a great success. But seriously, who else is in the starting lineup? Uh, Ambry, uh, uh, what, Ambry Solomon? Okay, he starts for Tennessee. Is he lighting the world on fire? Not really. Um, Brandon Peters is the only one that has some minor, minor success. Name any other guy. Name him. Come up with anyone you can. And they're not having success. They're not. So who gives two craps if they leave us? So if they sit on the bench at Michigan or they transfer and do nothing somewhere else, why do we care as a fan base? It doesn't matter. It's annoying to me that we even have to deal with this. It's dumb. Why do we even have to talk about it? Oh, so many people are leaving on the transfer portal. Yeah, because they suck. They can't make it. They can't make the team. And listen, these are new kids. They're fragile little eggs. They can't take criticism. They can't want to work hard. They don't get to do it. And also, guess what? Fragile little eggs get a, a... a revolutionary thing, which is the transfer portal, and now the one-year thing where you can just transfer anywhere and you don't get penalized. That's free agency, people. And I hate to tell you that. It's free agency. So you can get fra- like little fragile eggs, frabouche eggs, little fragile, little tiny little people who grew up their whole time, even if they didn't win, they didn't know what the score was because everybody won, because we all hug, kumbaya, blah, blah, blah. And Now, they get to college and they have to work hard and they have to do things. And all of a sudden, they're not told they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they're not automatically guaranteed anything. So now, and then, like, like before their predecessors who got told that stuff and still had to work hard to get into the starting lineup or at least transfer and be 
penalized a year, these little Faberge eggs get to go wherever they want to or whatever college will have them. And they get to skip the one-year penalty. And then they get to not start on another college football team. Oh, golly jeepers. Gee whiz, I don't care. Here are the only people that may, and I am saying may in capital words, capital letters, may, may do something different. Joe Milton, maybe. He goes to the, goes to Tennessee. God bless him. I really do. I, I like the kid. I like all the athletic ability he has. And I actually kind of think he's, he seems like a really good kid. He really does. I, I think he seemed eager to learn. I think he seemed eager to lead. I really think he wanted to be the, the, the quarterback for Michigan football. So all those things I really appreciate about Joe Milton. So I'm not going to shit on Joe Milton. Uh, I mean, from what I was told, uh, he had a, a severe injury on his throwing him, I think, with his thumb. Not most team, not that the team will ever tell you that stuff, but it's just some under, like, I know guys who know guys who have kids in the program, right? And they have are really good friends with their dads, and they tell me the uncensored things that you'll never get from anybody else, right? And that's few and far between. But either way, still, Joe Milton had a serious hand injury last year. And then Cade McNown, same thing. I came, Cade McNown, give me a break. Cade McNamara got hurt as well. So, I mean, we had a horrible year for quarterbacks anyways last season. But uh, I wish Joe Milton the best of luck. I mean, it's a lateral move. I mean, let's face it. He's going from Michigan of the Big Ten to the Michigan of the SEC. So... <laughs> Rabid fan base, mediocre results on the field, and questionable head coaching uh, hiring decisions. Uh, right? Does that sound familiar to you? Okay. So good luck, Joe Milton. I really, really hope you can turn this around. Um, but if you ever play us, I hope you play like shit. No offense, but I'm Michigan first, so see you later. Um, two, Giles Jackson. Okay, yeah, Giles Jackson was a great return person. Great. And a mediocre wide receiver. You know who that is? Devin Hester. Devin Hester, fantastic for, I mean, could be. You can make the case that Devin Hester is a Hall of Fame uh, special teams player on the punt return and kickoff return for the Chicago Bears, right? But couldn't make it as a wide receiver, could not make it as a starting wide receiver for that team. And think about the Chicago Bears at that point in time. They didn't have Willie Galt. They didn't have any high-class wide receivers. And he still couldn't make it as a wide receiver. That is, in a sense, in my opinion, what I've seen of Giles Jackson. Fantastic recruiter for Michigan. Probably a great kid. I wish no ill will on him for wanting to go and trying to find his fit. God bless him. I hope Washington's great for him. But still, I hope he bites dust. I hope he trips over his own shoes when he plays us uh, third game, second game of the season coming up this season. I hope so. I hope he falls right on his freaking face. Okay with me. Big difference be between being a great special teams player and being a great wide receiver. Big difference. 
And if you don't understand that, I don't have time to explain the the beginner level the beginning level of football to you. So we'll just move on, right? Uh, YouTube some stuff, talk to some of your more educated friends on football, and really get an understanding why that's a difference. I don't think I think uh, I think that Giles Jackson left because he was getting passed up by AJ Henney, by Roman Wilson, by anyone else. Name name the plethora of wide receivers we have that underperformed last season. And they were outperforming. Mikey Samer still probably is the number one guy that was right up his butt and taking all his all his snaps. I'm telling you right now, Samer still probably stole all his snaps. Giles feeling that he's owed something because he is a young man in this day and age. Felt like he's owed something. Decided he's going to leave. God bless him. I wish he returns a lot of punts and kickoffs for touchdowns in the Pac-12, just as long as not against us. So God bless that kid. AJ Worthy. Well, no, not AJ Worthy. What is it? Flash Worthy, whatever his first name is, I don't care. He's now gone. Uh, asked for whatever the letter of intent, blah, 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 get out of here. I'm going to go to Texas. Once again, a lateral move. Going from the Michigan of the Big Ten to the Michigan of the Big 12, Texas. Oh, shocker, by the way, uh, Sarkeesian, the drunk, who was the offensive coordinator for Bama and who uh, Flashworthy went down to go talk to or hang out for a game with his amazing dying piece of a mother, by the way. If you have, if you love just sexy black women, that is a, I don't care if this is inappropriate or not. She is beautiful. Flashworthy's mom is a, a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Anyways, they go down to Alabama. Shocker, he's the offensive coordinator. Oh, also, weird, uh, when he can't because of admissions or whatever, school, blah, blah, whatever, can't get into Michigan early. He then now leaves to go to Texas, which now the head coach is Sarkeesian. Shocker. That well, Once again, that's like three or four shockers in a row. Duh. Okay, he's probably going to be a, a game breaker. He's probably going to be pretty amazing because when you run a 4-3, I think it is, 4-3-40, uh, unbelievable. I mean, sure, he's going to be it, but you're, it's a lateral move. Okay, you're still going to, uh, whatever. I'm done with all these guys. Those are the only three that I think maybe have a chance of being transfers that people are like, ah, you let those guys go. But none of them will ever be what Ohio State lost when they lost Joe Burrow. Okay, never. I guarantee it. Joe Milton will never be a Heisman Trophy winner and a national title winner. Never. Now, I'll probably eat my words, but still, in my opinion, that'll never happen. So let him go. Have them, have them, let them have decent careers and move on with their lives. Who cares? Okay, now, moving on. Um, Talked about the spring game, which is lame, awful, and then like the minute 30 of the all the footage that Michigan football put together. 
I don't get it. I don't understand why Michigan football as a whole is trying to separate themselves or make their fan base hate them. I don't get it. I really don't. I know this has been covered by many other podcasts. I personally don't get it. Because when you're down in the dumps, and down in the dumps is defined by two and four, you need a loyal, rabid fan base to pick you up, support you, do everything you can possibly do to make sure that, you know, you guys keep moving. When I just I don't understand why Harbaugh hates us and wants the fan base to hate the football team. I don't get it. I don't get it. Jawan Howard doesn't do that. Jawan Howard doesn't do that at all. I'm, I'm sure if any of these other sports were vastly popular, like just amazingly popular like Michigan football was, I don't think they would do that shit either. I think the baseball team would be so thrilled to have people, the amount of fans that come with Michigan football, follow the baseball team, that they would open practices and even open meetings. Like, you could come into the locker room and give a a pregame speech. That's how excited baseball would be to have fucking the, the rabid fan base that follows Michigan football. But Harbaugh, the stuck-up a-hole, which he is, just, ah, oh, I hate that I, I hate that I'm starting to hate him because he wants us to hate them for some reason. I don't know why he wants the separation so bad. I don't, and I wish, I wish I was in that room or on Zoom to ask him that question. That would be the only question I ask him. And if he didn't answer it, I would keep asking him that question until they cut my mic. I want to know why he hates us, or why he wants us to hate them. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me, and it hurts me. It really hurts me as a Michigan football fan that this head coach who I loved growing up wants me to actively hate him and the team. I don't get it. I don't understand why they do this. It makes no sense to me, and I hate it. I, I, I hate this. I just want to love them. I want to, to, to sing the praises of these guys who are doing something. And guess what? When we got to see that the, the spring game, I knew these are the two takeaways I took away from the, I think it was the 2017. Don't quote me on the year because I think it was 2017. I saw Brandon Peters look fantastic in that game. He looked fantastic in that game. I would have had him starting over Spate or O'Corn. I mean, come on. I would rather have uh, Ben Mason start over O'Corn. Anybody other than O'Corn. But uh, Peters, I would have. I would have loved to see him start. And then Devin Bush. You saw Devin Bush become Devin Bush in that. You were like, who is that guy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, you saw a lot of shitty plays. Of course, that's the spring game. No one's going to be like, oh, I'm going to hold you to national championship levels on the spring game. No, we just want to see what's going on with the team we love. Why is that so bad? Why is that such a sin to want to see the team we love? I don't get it. I don't, and I never will understand that, and I hate Harbaugh for that. So... Anyways, let's get on to something more positive, which is the end. The NFL draft is happening right now, right? It's awesome. What I mean, the draft is, but I mean, right now, what we're doing, 
it's right where it should be, to be quite honest with you. I was nervous when this draft happened. Before I get into who got drafted and where, um, I was a little bit nervous because this is uh, a draft class for Michigan where it's not a lot of kids who have earned the right to be drafted, to be quite honest with you, right? They have had one to two years, some of them less than 20 starts in their career at Michigan. Less than 20 starts. I mean, hell, some of them probably have less than 15. I'll be honest with you. I didn't do the numbers, but I could. I bet you out of the 11, maybe it's nine that are going to get drafted or attempting to be drafted. I bet you out of the nine, what, five to seven of them have less than 15 games as uh, taped for the NFL to pay attention to? You know what I mean? So I was nervous because if they get drafted high, this could set a bad precedent saying, hey, you just come to Michigan because regardless of how much you play, you'll still get within the first three rounds, right? And that's kind of how it's setting up right now. Um, but I'll be honest with you, the ones that have been drafted, I I was super high on anyways. And I really was shocked that three of them, well, two of them fell to, well, you know, actually, I'll be honest, all three of them. I'm shocked that all three of them fell to the third round. Now, I'm a Michigan homer to be just right off the bat. But I'll make the case why I think these three uh, were drafted lower, and one that will be just amazing and outperform his draft stock, right, or where he was drafted. Number one, obviously, first round, Quiddy Pay, one of the most inspirational stories you'll probably ever hear in your life, right? Great kid, great mother, unbelievable story, frightening, the whole uplifting, everything you can ever put into a story. This is a movie in the making. Quiddy Pay, first round, 21st pick with the Colts, which I think is actually a fantastic spot for him to fall. Up-and-coming defense, great head coach, good offense, overall good team, up-and-coming team. I love it. Small town, still Indianapolis, considered a big city. A big city, Indianapolis. But still, sports-wise, a lot of stuff going on in Indianapolis, right? So for him to fall at the Colts, still Big Ten country, right? Still probably feels like that hometowny thing for him. Very good. Granted, uh, anything Don Brown did with the defensive line wasted more, more talent. I mean, you could probably say that Michigan is the greatest university at wasting talent than any any university in the history of universities. They see a great talent, they're like, I know exactly how to waste your talent. I know exactly how to get... 55% of your talent instead of all 100. I know how to do that. And that's how Michigan does it. And it's impressive. That part's impressive. I think Harbaugh, at some point, I, in which I counted, I could be wrong. I don't say these numbers are solid. But I think he has, since he's been here, since 2015, 35 players have been drafted into the NFL. That makes you love Harbaugh and hate him even more for who he is as a douchebaggy head coach. I can't stand him for the way he treats us. And I just went off five minutes ago about this, so we're going to move on. 
Anyways, Quiddy Pay, super excited to see him with the Colts. I can't wait to start following that team and seeing if he makes it onto the field and what he can do. Because if Rashad Gary can just kill it. Oh, by the way, how classic was it? If you're watching the, if uh, get on Twitter or whatever, just look up Rashad Gary uh, uh, draft day uh, picks, right, for 2021. And you'll hear him call out the pick for the Packers. And it's a center for Ohio State. And at the end, he says the whole name and everything. And he says for Ohio State. And he goes, uh, go blue, though. <laughs> it was, God bless him. God bless him. We wasted every bit of that kid's talent. We wasted it. And he still is all blue. And makes me love him even more. It really does. It makes me love this kid even more. So God bless Rashawn Gary. I hope he has a killer year this year. I always have, just because I have been a fan. Um, so God bless Quaddy Pay. First round, 21st pick. Boom, Colts. Which was funny, he got a B rating. Like a B gra- uh, draft grade. Um, I don't know. I guess it's production on the field, so you don't see enough sacks as what you would expect from somebody with the athleticism as he did, but if you are a knowledgeable uh, scout, you probably know that Michigan, like I said, wastes talent and doesn't uh, accentuate talent, so it doesn't lift up talent. So you're going to already going to know that if you think this talent is going to be a 10, Michigan only plays them to an 8, only gets them to an 8. So let's see how that changes this season. But, you know, so you've got to get that two, that minus two in there, no matter how high you think it's going to be. So I, that grade should have been higher, in my opinion. Only because, let's face it, there's no way he's a C. You know what I mean? That kid's phenomenal. Anyways, uh, Jalen Mayfield, right off the bat, uh, to be quite honest, I thought, uh, I thought that, well, I'll get to him in a minute. Never mind. Let's go with, Mayfield, third round, 68th pick to the Falcons. Also, a B grade. Um, did you not? I know he only has like 11 starts or something crazy. May I, I know it's less than 15, right? Or 15 or less. Um, I mean, did you not see him go get Chase Young? And I thought Chase Young got either rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, or highly mentioned. Like, this guy was highly mentioned, highly respected in his first season. And Jalen Mayfield shut him down. Shut him down. I know you didn't have a great pro day, but neither did Tom Brady. So let's not let's not base everything off of pro days. Okay? Pro days are dumb. It's the it's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Actually the combine is creepy as hell. Like, what you're gonna get in your underwear and run and then I I'm gonna watch you do it? Like that's weird. Why do why do you have to be in your underwear? Why can't you wear like other stuff? And who cares? Just run. I'll, I I need to know tape. I got to see you. How do you play when you're down fourteen to three? Do you give up? Do you still chase down the quarterback? What do you do? That's what's going to tell me what a great player you are. Not that you run a four three forty. That's fantastic. That's awesome. That's just a side note. That's just a one B to the one A, which is what are you on the field? So who cares about the combine? If the combine goes away, I don't give a shit. Because it's very just outdated and 
odd. And if you really want to get woke, I mean, it could be, it's a modern day slavery thing. It's weird. Not that I think it is by any stretch of the imagination because these are getting paid millions of dollars or hoping to get paid millions of dollars. But I'm just saying, hey guys, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever you want to do, get in your underwear and run fast, jump high, do push-ups and bench press and all this. And I want to record all this to, to dictate who you are as a person or as a, as a, as a, uh, as a uh, draft pick. When who gives a shit? Because it's what you do on the field. Look at Tom Brady. I always use Tom Brady when it comes to this getting rid of the combine thing. What Tom Brady did on the field was vastly underrated compared to what he did at the combine. Who gives a shit? Like, he's a, what, seven-time Super Bowl winner? Seven? And he did shitty at the Combine. Because it's what he does on the field that matters. How does he How does he react when he's down by 10? How does he react when he overthrows a pass? How does he react when he's got hit 10 times in the row, in a row by a, a, by line, a lame offensive line? You know, and just... That's more important. What are we doing with this combine? It's stupid. It's awful. Anyways, I, I that's the one thing I get real woke about, I guess. I Because I just think it's worthless and dumb. Um. Anyways, St. Juice. I'll throw St. Juice in there only because I really liked him as a cornerback when he played at Michigan. I liked how physical he was. I liked how big he was. I really liked his overall game. So St. Juice, even though he went to Minnesota, got drafted. Third round, 74th pick to Washington. I think that's a very good fit. That's a very good aggressive defense. I think he's going to fit in very well there. So I look forward to seeing what St. Juice can do. Now, I know he talked some shit when he was at Minnesota. You got to do what you do when you're on the enemy's team, whatever. And he probably felt weird because he got medically discharged by Michigan or medically retired by them because I think it's a heart issue. That seems to be the number one issue right there for all medical retirements. But, uh... So I understand why he'd be a little bit salty towards Michigan, but I loved his game. I liked how aggressive he was, so I wish him a lot of luck at Washington, and I think that's a very good fit for him. Um, third round, this is the one that I was shocked. I think that I saw wide receivers from like Central Michigan getting drafted before this guy. Nico Collins. Gets drafted third round, 89th pick by the Texans. Now, this is either a great pickup or a, or this is a great destination or a nightmare decimate destination, depending on what the quarterback situation is like. Now, if Watson um, overcomes all these sexual allegations and whatever this Me Too situation he's got right on his hands, then hey, this is a great place for Nico Collins to land because I really do believe that uh, he this is this is the guy that is going to outperform his draft status right where he got drafted because this this dude has everything speed height good hands wins 50 50 balls and the only thing that you can really say is that he doesn't get separation from from zero to 10. From 0 to 10 yards, he has a hard time getting separation. Fine. Okay, that's technique if you ask me. So, But what kind of separation does he get when it's long bombs? He gets massive separation. It's not his fault that he had Shea Patterson who could only throw it 
15 yards downfield accurately. It's not his fault. It's a pendant position. If you don't have a good quarterback, you can't showcase your skills because that little Mary can't throw it more than 15 yards downfield without it going haywire, okay? So I think Nico Collins should have gone probably second round, probably early to mid-second round in my opinion, okay? But I think, I hope for his sake that Watson pulls this out and he's the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans for Nico Collins' sake because this kid's a talent, an absolute talent, and I can't wait to see what he does either with this team or inevitably because he's going to get traded because this is not the team he needs to be with if Watson isn't there. It's a nightmare. Unless they could draft or trade for somebody that they can get, right? Then let's see it. Let's do it. I'm a huge Nico Collins fan because, you know, I have gone on record on this podcast saying that he is the equivalent to Randy Moss. Now, I don't think he's going to be Hall of Fame-wise. I don't know. But the athletic ability, the size, he's actually bigger than Randy Moss. Um, I I just, I, I love it. I think it's very comparable. And Randy Moss was one of my favorite wide receivers. Anyways, and then finishing out the third round, uh, for us, anyways, is Amory Thomas. Um, third round, uh, 102nd pick on the 49ers. I like that just because I can watch him on Sundays now because I live in Arizona. And the Cardinals, I at least get to see him twice every year. Because, you know, they're in the same division. And a lot of 49ers games get played out west here. So I, I can't wait to watch it. I think... Uh, I don't know. They say he's too skinny. Too skinny? Okay, so in this day and age, there's not a lot of big wide receivers anymore. That's, I mean, Nico Collins is a rare, a rarity. I mean, look at some of the wide receivers that went before him. They're all like 5'9 and 5'10. He's 6'4. So yeah, Ambry Thomas might struggle against like a Nico Collins type, but he's not struggling against like a Hollywood Brown. He's 6'1". He's like 180, 190. No, he's not too skinny. He's got great recovery speed. He he would be worth, at least in this season of six that we had last season, right? He would have been worth two wins because I would say Michigan State is a lock. We, we have Amory Thomas. We win that game. Two, I think, and I might be crazy, I might be crazy, but if we have Amory Thomas, we beat Indiana. We beat Indiana because Joe Milton was playing pretty good through the majority of that game until the end. And if we had a shutdown corner on one of those wide receivers, right, I think we could have beat Indiana. He's at least worth two wins last season, in my opinion. So I, I can't wait to see what he does with the 49ers. I like it. I uh this is exciting to me. So I, I like how those two players kind of slot. Well, with Nico, if he gets Watson, because let's face it, Watson's a great quarterback, has some problems personally, can't keep his penis in his pants. But outside of that, uh, I love what he does on the football field. I'm not here to judge what he does outside of that because I have done some suspect stuff in my life. I don't know if it's like that, but I've done some suspect stuff. And who am I to judge? It's not my place in this world, right? So, 
Uh, on the football field, Watson is fantastic, so I hope for Nico Collins' sake that Watson returns, or they either trade or draft a guy who can really accentuate Nico Collins' talent. I think right now, the four guys, outside of Juiced, obviously, uh, that have been drafted for Michigan, I think they're going to be big-time players. I think Quiddy Pay is going to be amazing. Jalen Mayfield, I think, is going to be phenomenal. I think people slept on this kid. They're going to be shocked how good he's going to be. Um, I just, I'm very excited about this. Now, I don't know what this really says. I want to see how the rest of the draft plays out before I give an idea of how the like recruits are going to see this draft and say, well, hey, I just have to not even really play. I show up for a year and I can still get drafted because Cam McGrone, he's the one. Where does he get drafted, right? Because he played one solid year and will, and decide, well, tore an ACL, not really his fault. But still wasn't great when he played this season. So one solid year, we'll see how he plays. We'll see where he gets drafted. Uh, Chris Evans, I hope this kid does well. I, I like I like the determination of Chris Evans. Um, that dingus field goal kicker we got, um, Numbnuts. I hope Numbnuts does well just because he's a Michigan uh, football player. But listen, you can't be Mr. Agro. I take... T- I take uh, shot-to-the-butt testosterone guy and be the field goal kicker in the NFL because you're going to have an offensive lineman just plant your ass into the ground if you try to tell him to do his fucking job, okay? Guy, whatever your name is, Chief, Ace, uh, Numbskull, Buckaroo, I don't know what your name is, field goal kicker, but God bless you because you played for the winged helmet. Um, Cheeseman, Cheese Park, whatever that guy is, the long snapper. I think he's like the fourth-ranked long snapper. Hope that guy does well because, let's face it, that's one of the sweetest jobs in the NFL. If you, I mean, for heaven's sakes, the, pit, the Philadelphia Eagles had a long snapper that did magic and stand-up comedy on the side, and he was a long snapper for t- like 12 seasons for him. I mean, it's not a drain on the body. So God bless Cheeseman, Cheese Park. Cheez-Its, whatever that dude's, cheese and sticks, whatever that dude's name is, God bless him. I hope he gets, I hope he gets drafted because that's an easy paycheck of $300,000 plus for the next 20 years. Um, anyways, whoever else, Ben Mason, all of them, God bless them all. I hope they all get drafted in the next day or two. Uh, but guys, I'm going to get out of here. You've known my, my theories on all this stuff. Oh, before I leave though. Two players that you need to watch out for that I am calling right now. I will, I am calling. These guys are going to be starters and they're going to make considerable, considerable uh, contributions to the football team in 2021. And these are it right now. The two, now I have more, but it's towards the end of the show and I'll say that for another one. But the two that I cannot not mention. DJ Turner's going to be a starter. He's going to overtake Vincent Gray. He's going to be a starter. This kid, I saw, I know I'm basing this off of a five-second portion of a 30-second Michigan uh, spring video. But DJ Turner has it. He's going to be the starting cornerback for Michigan football next to Green. Okay? DJ Turner, watch out. He's going to be a guy. And then two, A.J. Henney. I think 
Um, Roman Wilson, I think, may be the fastest one out of the wide receivers, but I think he's too much in his head. Last season, you could see him. Um, he looked like a guy who was learning how to dance when he was running his routes. So you didn't really get to see his speed because he was too in his head going one, two, three, one, two, three, tash, one, two, three, step, one, two, three, turn. You know what I mean? He was too busy in his head about the routes he was running and how he needed to break and all that for his natural ability to take over and really change some stuff. But A.J. Henney now is replacing Giles Jackson in the punt return and kick return game. and I th- he, So I think he's going to be amazing there. And I think you've seen him in bursts last season. Because God forbid, with Josh Gaddis, you make one great play, you don't see the fucking field for another three games. Because that's brilliant. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, don't get me started on this. We'll go for another 30, 40 minutes. But still, A.J. Henney, D.J. Turner, lock it down. Write it wherever you need to, because I'm going to come back to this at the end of the season, even mid-season, to either laugh at me, I'm either going to laugh at myself, or I'm going to just, just like, toot my horn like I am Fats Domino, son. I am going to go all over the place with this. So, guys, uh, I'm out of here. Thank you so much. Um, this obviously is going to keep rolling. We're going to we're going to build this mother effer even harder now. This uh, we're going to regain all the followers I left or that left when COVID hit. We're going to rebuild. We're going to be better. We're going to be stronger. This is going to be a f- the phenomenal podcast that all those boring lamos have to worry about that are taken care of or set up by big business. Uh, guys, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. It is great to be a Michigan Wolverine most of the time. And always and forever, guys, go blue.